The secret Stress baby one out. is very tough for me. Okay, let's, let's get into this. Yeah. Let's not no. talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Not. We've gone down the wrong kind of podcast. What a way to introduce yourself. <laughs> I love it. Hi, nice to meet you. I read real Hi. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you too. I'm, I'm Seymour and I love chick lit. I uh, love it. <laughs> or I still think one of my brothers has said, she'll read anything. That is such a... <laughs> it's such a brother such slam. A, it's such a backwards... It's like, such yeah. a brother slam. Yeah. And I was like, you know... Uh. I love it. <clears throat> you want to do the intro <laughs> this time? Yeah, I'm opening it right now. Unless you have it right there. I've got it memorized, mate. It's all what? up here. Yeah, it's all up here. Go I wrote it. it. I wrote it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, just so you want me to do it, I'll start. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so oh god, it's so weird. I feel like I'm being watched with an audience. <laughs> okay, welcome to Hold the <laughs> yeah. No, cover your eyes. <laughs> welcome to the Atlas Podcast, where we make art accessible. I'm Sophie, and I'm Seema. <laughs> And we have an extra special guest today. Hi, I'm Cindy. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> uh, if you would like to support the podcast today, please rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just help us grow so we can do the thing and keep doing more of the thing. Um, and you can also find us on Patreon at Artlast Podcast, and you can find us on TikTok at Atlas underscore podcast. So today I'm actually so excited because I've got one of my mutuals here today who is also one of the like long time supporters of Atlas. Yeah, thank you. I remember when your thing came in. We were like, oh my God. I know. It's it's real special. (laughs) We were very excited. Um, Day one. And like an artist yourself, like you're a part of the, you're like what we envision when we think about the Atlas community. Yeah. Uh, So can you tell us about yourself, Cindy? Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm a. That sounds very wanky because I don't come from an art world, but I'm nah, a multidisciplinary nah. artist. <laughs> no, nah, that's um, exactly from New Zealand. That's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I've worked in everything from collage to fiber art and teaching myself, well, learning to paint, having other people teach me as well. And mm. yeah, I decided about three years ago I was going to step into fine art and out of the craft world and here I am so mm. <laughs> what what's the craft world versus the fine art world uh so what I was doing and for the last like nine or so years was dying hand dyeing knitting yarn and mm-hmm. selling it um to knitters in New Zealand wow um, yeah I read a mystery and... novel that took place at a New Zealand <laughs> get the fuck out of here I swear to god <laughs> Uh, New Zealand knitting <laughs> shop where they get sold I think hand I know about yarn. this book actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh actually, God. I think there's a romance TV show that's that's uh, based in a New Zealand knitting shop as well. I don't recommend oh, it. I haven't I, seen I, it, but I've heard it's I terrible. Mean, okay. I wool, not... wool is a big industry. It makes it sense. Is, to it me. is. This, <laughs> was a, this was a this was a mystery. There was no there was no particular love in it. Um, but yeah, it is a big industry. So you were. Do you, did you knit or were you like, yeah. I dye the yarn and then I'm good? <laughs> yeah. No, I started off as a knitter uh-huh. um, and I couldn't find, like there was this indie dyed yarn that was coming out of the US. And um, I was like, this is stupid. I'm, we're sending New Zealand wool to the US, getting it spun what? and dyed and sent, no, I'm buying it back. This just seems ridiculous. Surely we have an industry here. Um, oh, so That's I, a lot of yeah, carbon so footprint to get like colored yarn. Yeah where it comes yeah. from what kind yeah. of di- what kind of dyes did you use i used acid dyes and the reason oh, i used those cool. is because mm. you can get really bright colors yeah yeah, um, yeah and the mordant for them is just vinegar so um yeah nice. <sighs> yeah it's really I think, easy i think people do not i often when i'm you know doing tiktoks or you know people are talking to me a lot they don't realize like the amount of skill and knowledge people have when they make something anything oh my gosh yeah, it t- right. Like yeah, the, it took the a special lot of trial <laughs> right? Yeah, no, because sometimes yeah. people people ask me so about you- my practice, and I'm like, oh no, you just do the thing. They're like, but I don't have yeah. context. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 
um, <laughs> have like this highly specialized skill that people don't know about. And I'm just kind of like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So context, yeah, context is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what are you making now? So yeah, I now? realized early on. Oh, uh, so yeah, mm. I, I'm always missing projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't got it with me. It's on the it's couch. Okay. But, you could just uh, tell us. I'm no stressed. Yeah, so uh, I'm just making a vest for work because uh-huh. I've got a job where I work in person now before I was working in tech um, uh-huh. and uh, worked from home. So uh-huh. now I was like, oh, I actually have to like look like a human being. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't think I can go back. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Oh, I just like, I so love much. the goblin um, life. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to be Cute. Um, can you tell us about the pattern? Is yeah. it like... An old school kind of verse. Oh, yes. I reverse engineered it. <laughs> Sick. I saw a picture of a pattern and it was not going to be in my size mm-hmm. because I'm just hitting the very top of like straight sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in a book that I could only buy from Sweden. And I think it was in English. Uh, but I was like, this seems a lot of work for something that I know I'm going to have to modify when it gets to me. So um, is that from the girl who does like vintage style designs in Sweden? Oh, oh I love that lady. Oh no, maybe she's mm, she in sure. Denmark. I don't actually fucking know. Not sure. I know what you mean, but I don't know yeah. what country she's in, and um, I do love it. But like, good on you, mate. So one of the things that I hear, <laughs> I always think about when Sophie was doing her koala pattern about <sighs> you were talking about this. That how I can even show you mathematical or like how like. I don't know if mathematical is it, but like there's such a yes. like engineering kind of intellectualism <laughs> that's required yeah. for doing knitting. It's so cool, Sophie. Isn't it great? <laughs> I kind of hate looking at it, it now, and I haven't yeah. even done the ends, but it's great. <laughs> I can't think of it. I cannot look at it without thinking about chlamydia, though, so it makes it really hard. <laughs> I yeah, made my own bed it. with that so one. Like, yeah, you did. You mentioned it so many times. <laughs> when I was reading about um, autism, actually, yeah. they talked about knitting being a really common oh, um, hobby really? for women with autism. And they said, because it's like engineering for girls. Fuck like, off. That's actually thing. pretty like, apt, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, and it is. It's just binary. Code. It's binary coding. Yeah, I, it is binary coding. I've never really I, been yeah. able to get my head around the fact that, like, I'm a, I'm a good knitter. And, uh-huh. like, because of that, I probably would be able to do computer coding and binary yeah. coding. And I'm like, no, 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 that seems ridiculous. But, like, it's the same thing. It is the same thing. It, I yeah, do all these videos is. about that make people very angry. It's my hobby, apparently. But it's because it's so I fun. talk about patriarchy and gender. And so many times men and women are like, I have to tell you, I don't know if they don't know that I I. I I truly don't know if they realize I can see the comments. Like I get like the flat, you know, like they're just. I just fighting think people there. don't care. I don't think they care, but they're yeah. always fighting about. No, men are like this, or women are like this, and women. Somebody today commented that women use more of their brain, and I wanted to say that, you know what the problem is, is that the systems have put us in this position. It's not that a woman like you cannot. You can't essentialize it to say a woman's brain is like this and a man's brain is like this because we don't know what they would be like without our social construct. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like it's sort of like an interesting thing. Yes, it's like women's engineering, but it's because they didn't let women for generations engineer. Right? And why did we get put in front of us when we were kids? I, yes, I exactly. Things. Not, I mean, we had Lego, to be fair. Yes. My mum was pretty good about getting us Leo pretty early on and stuff but yeah no yeah it's true so what are you making now tell us about you moved Um, to fine art but yeah so I've moved into fine art um so I a little bit still work with the knitting and the fiber arts Uh and then Mm -hmm. I decided in 2020 I was going to learn how to paint so I've been kind of on that journey and that kind of grew out of um collage no shit that's a big journey frustrated I couldn't find the picture (laughs) yeah like I just have to try all of them <laughs> mm. I, I mean, that is also like I, I got out all the things to show you because I was like, I oh, don't cool. know what we're yes. talking about. Yeah, I'm so excited. Kind of have a, a selection. Never know. <laughs> we, honestly, um, the episode that went up today, we went to record last week. We got about a third of the way through the recording. We're like, actually, let's, let's change topics. <laughs> <laughs> Every like, Saturday I had, morning, I had to cut off an hour. <laughs> 
that's true. Every Saturday morning, <laughs> my kids are teenagers, so they don't wake up super early. Mm. But they always come down and they're like, "You're still recording?" Because usually I record <laughs> in our kit, like in our we have a kitchen that's like it's like kitchen dining room family mm. room all next to each other. So is painting like knitting, or is it very different? Mm. So I feel like uh, I'll compare it to something I I did accelerate school, so I did math really quickly in the start of school. Oh. Oh. Um, we squished all our years together and we learned it like really and wow. I feel like because I died young for like a decade yeah I know like I know color really intimately yeah. and I feel like I learned the advanced shit and I got like, had to go back and do like mm-hmm. remedial oh that's cool. that's kind of fun though are you doing acrylic or oil or watercolor um I I mostly do watercolor oh with acrylic Oh yeah, I haven't touched mm. oil, but that's because I know I just that'll be like a, a supply acquiring situation, and I'm like I I will just buy all of the things, so yeah. I'm holding myself back. But yeah, they will happen inevitably at some point. Um, I think of acrylic. Point yeah. of no return. I think of acrylic yeah. like um, like uh, applique. Mm. Do you ever have you done any quilting? Ah uh, yeah, okay. a little bit. I think of acrylic like applique. Because it, you know, like it's a surface over a surface over a surface. <laughs> and then I think of watercolor like subtractive sculpture. Yeah. Mm, you know, mm. like that watercolor. I, so I, I don't make anything anymore, but I've learned a lot of techniques. I taught a lot of the studio. And um, I started being a drafts person and a printmaker, uh, but only specific printmaking techniques. My husband is a lithographer. Um, I did um, a lot of like productive prints, uh, etching, things that are basically line based. I, I yeah. think of like lithography is actually paint based, you know, like even though it's not, it's sort of like it has this sort of watercolory situation. And um, one thing that I think is so interesting is that I find that people alive like they like a thing and that the, the things that they like in each of the media are related to each other. So like, yeah. like I really like drawing, um, reductive prints, acrylic, but I cannot do watercolor, and I don't do subtractive sculpture. But mm-hmm. those are not my thing, hey. not my bag. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of, I don't know why I'm doing watercolor. I I kind of like that it makes me have to. It makes it's like a real challenge to yeah. when you go from like putting color on things and you know, like a, yeah maybe it's a bit like the wool dyeing I guess that's what I think um, I think it's like one yeah, of the things I've I done thought about that. some wool dye I've done some so we did a I used to do shibori mm. classes uh-huh. for students like for I used to teach them um and we would dye wool sometimes as part of that like yarn and um when we'd have the indigo we'd dye it and then we'd have other batches like we do a lot of nature natural dyes and one thing okay. I think is so interesting about it is that you can't go to, you have to go like, you have to decide what the end product is and then like get your way there. And Whereas in acrylic, you don't have to decide where your end product is. That's very true. Right? Um, the nice thing about wool dyeing though is if you, if you dye something I believe in, you can just dip it in a pot and call mm. it an undertone. <laughs> <laughs> um really yeah, I had thought like about they that. all become yeah. black wow i mean like i tend to i used to go with like a blue usually a navy blue and that would mm. cover all sins it's mm. <laughs> just a little behind the scenes secret <laughs> i love yeah. industry secrets so, yeah i know industry tips <laughs> industry yeah. tips if it was really mm. bad i would just keep it for myself i mean figure out the job eh? it's kind of great yeah um, yeah, I have a very extensive wool stash. It's a problem. Problem or treasure trove? One of my so I Plus. I used to work in museums for a long time, and I had so many craft things at the house because I did, and then my husband is a, is an artist, and then my kids were around, and then I just was done because I don't make anything very much anymore. And um, it was great because during COVID, I donated it to schools. Oh, how cool! Mm. And it was so freeing. I bet. Yeah, oh, oh, was I bet. It was free. Because I think that I think, one of like, the things that's hard is that, like, I do think that there is, in the making of things, the desire to make means that you become like a, is it a magpie? You know, the birds who take yeah. all the stuff? 
and then you bring uh-huh. all this stuff in, but then sometimes the desire and then the fruition don't, don't line up in time. So then you have all this stuff. Mm. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I need a little soundbite of that, and then I can show it uh, to my partner. Perfect. Who likes a little bit more of a minimalist living situation. Than I feel so unbelievably called out. I'm just kind of like, oh, no. Uh-oh. You're so right. Sometimes I buy things and I'm like, I don't know what you're going to be yet. You'll be something. And no, like, but you can't get up. Ten years later. You can't not have it. I have so much vintage fabric. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's like, oh you know God. those people okay. who make miniatures and then they just are trash collectors? No. Like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. I've, I've come across them on TikTok. And, you know, there are some people who are just, like, really into making miniature scenes, especially people who are into, Hi. like, horror and, you know, goth shit. You know the subculture, um, and they're just they're these people who seem to collect like bottle caps, every piece of plastic under the sun, like anything and everything they hoard it because then they can turn it into some kind of beautiful little dollhouse creation. But I imagine they are absolute hoarders. Um, okay. Which like don't blame you. Um, <laughs> we all are in our own right. Useful. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, but they can, yes. but it can be useful. So let me tell you a story. This will make everyone feel happy. During during the first few weeks of COVID in March 2020, my whole family got sick, and so everyone is in their rooms. My parents, my parents were around the corner. They were in their houses. They were super sick. My youngest daughter, you know, is is better. I'm taking care of it. Just me and her. We're trying to keep the house together, and I'm trying to keep her busy, right? And let me tell you. We had every craft supply to keep us busy. We made two quilts. We made curtains. We made yeah. a, a, a couch cover. We did um, parlor beads. We did Fimo. I was like, you know what? I got another thing. You want like the air dry clay? I got it. And I was so thankful to have that stuff. It all came back to help me. Of course. See? <laughs> It'll always be there for it's you. It's just got to be done. Yeah. Gotta keep it. Gotta my my mum used to teach me how to knit uh, on my mental health days off from school. Oh. Um, she was like, "You clearly need something to ease your anxiety. Here, learn this pattern thing and skill set." <laughs> yeah, so nice. mine's a connection with my mum as well. Actually, I think that's like a oh, thing in Australia, Britain, right? Yeah. Oh, really? And like New yeah. Zealand. God, see, well, I yeah. just think of us as like one hive. Australasia. My, yeah. Uh, godmother. We're the same. My great grandmother, who was very young. We so all read Women's Weekly. Family, she taught me. My great grandmother taught me mm-hmm. knitting and um, crochet. I can only knit. I can crochet and knit. Oof. I can crochet and knit. I don't I'll knit one day. patterns, though. Mm. Like, I don't, I can't do what you you do. I can't do like the, uh, but I can knit. Um, I love it. My godmother um uh who actually very sadly passed away this week at 99 oh shoot uh, she sorry. was very oh, sick thank you but she was very sick we're not it's not sad right it's like thank god because she yeah. was been sick for quite a long time like 18 months but she had a really good uh, philosophy in life that you should always be game she's like she had grown up during the depression and so she said you should always be game and you should always be prepared so her belief was that you should and you should learn like have skills that you can like she was always like you know what you never want to be bored so mm. she like was like you're gonna learn how to um ice skate and like i like have all these skills like i can play tennis and i can ice skate and i can ski and i can you know snowboard not that i'm particularly good at any of them but she's like you know what you don't know what's the thing you're gonna like mm. mm-hmm. so you gotta try them all which i think is like so a question you know i'd ask because cindy you're Kind of, I think it's really nice to hear somebody who's tried all these different techniques too, because we often talk to an artist who's really specialized in these interviews. I saw a question that I thought was really interesting. Uh, one of my mutuals is somebody whose handle is Interstellar Isabella, and somebody asked her. Great name. It is a great one, right? Somebody asked go. her though, um, making art is expensive. How do you even make it accessible to make art? And um, where do you even start? So, like, where did you even start with yarn or switching into painting? Or where, where's, where's the beginning? Um, so, yeah, I started 
with the yarn like and in, in my twenties because wow. I, we, I was poor <laughs> and I well, we could um I figured out that you could dye yarn with food coloring which was and I could create whatever I wanted. And I mm. just used to buy yarn from the op shop sometime. Wait. An old sweater and undo it. But she yeah. It. And then we did work my way out from there. That's a great phrase mm. that I don't know. The yacht yeah. shop? The op shop? The op shop. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, op shop. Opportunity yeah. shop. Yeah. Oh, thrift store. Shop. I've, never, thrift store. I've never even yeah. thought about having to translate that for people. Sure. Oh, that's a great phrase. Mm. The op shop. Oh yeah, that's like that's nice. You know, thrift you don't go thrifting. Doesn't sound as good. No. Thrift store it's been Macklemore. No, op shop is you know still fresh. Yeah, still fresh. <laughs> it's still fresh. Um. <clears throat> so so did you have yeah. like a, a like well, was it a nice connotation as well? Thrifting yeah. implies cheapness. That's true. That's so, true. and thrifting um, also implies <clears throat> annoying people. <laughs> Whereas opportunity shop. Yeah, like that's that. nice. I yeah, like I that. About that actually. I like that. I like that. I do think like yarn. The other yeah. thing for me about yarn is that I find it so beautifully tactile that it doesn't feel like. Yes. I feel like sometimes with paint, like you feel like you're doing something that really is uh, leisure or excessive mm. or you know not you you useful, but yarn feels useful. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I have a real rejection, I think, in those the days of of art for art's sake. Honestly, like I I came from a like, poor person perspective, which was like if I'm going to make something, it needs to have a practical use for me. Uh, yeah. I realized that I just maybe I had better means, and I was like, oh, maybe I can actually make something because it's beautiful, mm. uh, or because it's fun, or because it's something I want to make that's for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's interesting making a deliberate choice to step out of that's when I I think when I say I stepped out of the craft world and to the art world like um, what helped you make that leap because that's something I hear all the time about like beauty we just don't have like that that's ridiculous it's cost too much for beauty that what made you what made you decide to make that leap yeah it's a good question I think like the, the opportunity became available to mm. me and I was like, oh, maybe I could do that um, as part of having this business selling knitting wool. Um, so my first kind of thing I ever made was a, a skull and I've just recently come back to them. Um, a plaster of Paris skull, there was a craft show that toured New Zealand who um, did what they called Skulltopia and we could decorate a plaster of Paris skull and I was like, I bet no one's going to do knitting. Uh, so I did. I got photos of it. Yes. Um, it's Thank the you. first ever real thing I ever did. Um, oh, wow. There we go. Back when I was a bit younger. Yeah. So um, it sold. And I remember the photographer who came to take photos of me with it um, was like, wow, you sold that? Like, wow, you sold. This is your first exhibition. You sold your art. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I really elwoods myself into that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then i've come back to them so i can show you like the new iteration of that if you're interested <laughs> oh we would um, i'd like to see it i'd like to see it so i've just so yeah. i, I want to go back because i think this is really empowering yeah. to people part of it's like a positive feedback loop right like you didn't even think about beauty because utility was really important and yeah. then you got this opportunity that made you be able to feel like you could sell something that was beautiful and then you sold something that was beautiful and then um it, like it seems like you're telling us that part of it is that like you almost need to continuously keep working at it so you get this positive feedback loop pushing you forward mm. yeah i think i'm never not making like there's always something that i'm working on and i i think i don't know i don't know many people who do crafts and arts they haven't got like a project that they're going on no it's true um, i I think like like the utility was important but also like I would make the the like if I was making myself a sweater it would be beautiful as well and yeah. then eventually I was like well you can just have duty on its own it doesn't have to have a purpose sometimes like mm -hmm. like a keeping you warm or um 
Well, and also beauty is a purpose, or... right? I mean, I think that's where I'm very sad yeah. when people are like, oh, but it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, actually, like well, making you think is a thing. Mm. <laughs> making uh-huh. you happy is a thing. Eliciting a reaction yeah, is a thing. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think maybe I became more okay with that the more I dyed yarn as well, because mm. the yarn I would I would do like uh certain drops and I, like and I would do like for instance I did a Bridgerton yarn because the colours were nice and they lent themselves to being dyed on, on yarn really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know, trendy thing for a while. Yeah. 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 I think it's smart and, to make money off of stuff that's trendy. Like, it's yeah. just, it makes sense. Why not? Real reason. Why not use someone else's hard marketing and then just be like, oh, here's this thing that people already love. It's part of the zeitgeist. It's by Exactly. Yeah. But I think it is. You just draw inspiration from whatever's around you. And yeah. that's what was going on at the time. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, the, the real reason is that like I don't want to do the same thing all the time and uh, like obviously like <laughs> when it comes to everything that I do I get bored and I don't want to dye the same yarn for 10 years like I don't know if I ever really dyed the same yarn twice like it, and that, to be honest to, to own a yarn dyeing business p- people kind of want to have the same thing out of you all the time tell people yeah, love so. consistency in yarn don't they yeah oh, that's very yeah. true they want to know that they see a project they can make the same project as yeah. what you've like there's one there's a i think that is a quite an interesting bunch and i can really go down a rabbit hole with explanation of this but but i think there are some knitters who just really do like being told how to color it and they, they it's like, like to color by numbers hit. yeah Yes, yeah. yeah, and like that's a really nice. I think, but for a lot of people, that's a really nice place where they where they started. It's like the patterns um, kind of effect. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like so I did a lot of embroidery as a kid. My godmother really loved Ew. embroidery and cross okay. stitch. And it's the difference yeah. between cross stitch and embroidery. Yeah, you know, cross stitch is like yeah. a kit, and then yeah. embroidery you and can then... move out of that. But yep. you can't. I don't know that. I, I am somebody like I don't have that particular um, stop in my brain that's like oh I can't do that I, there's nothing I'm I'm like oh you want me to paint that in oil <laughs> I got it okay sure I could do that um, but yeah. for a lot of I think people, I, I kind of have that belief too <laughs> yeah I could do I'm that. kind of like it's so funny <laughs> it's like something I actually bring up in job interviews when I have fun where I'm like I never it sounds really arrogant but I never look at a problem and think I can't do that. No, Any any weird thing. Like it's I'll just be a like, puzzle. Oh, I could do that, no problem. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. Yeah, no, I mean it'll be fine. Epoxy, I got it. But <laughs> my family we call it a dodo because we had this cupboard full of stuff to make things with. Mm-hmm. And my uh-huh. sister's friend to her because we'd be like, We've got an art project, we need to make this and we'll just whip it out of whatever was in the cupboard. Love and she's it. like, I bet if I said to you, we need to make a dodo egg, you would have one in that damn cupboard. <laughs> and that's it. Like, we, we just we just make it. I mean, like that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm the same. I am absolutely yeah. the same. Um, but I think that that's not a common thing, right? Like, for a lot of people who make art, I think that's where it's really, like, a challenge. Mm. Um, like, a lot of people who want to make art, I should say. Yeah, like, I... I totally didn't think of myself as one of those people who can just like pull shit out of nowhere and then making sets and props and costumes and stuff I was kind of like oh no I am one of those people I can just kind of <laughs> pull something out of my ass I instantly thought of your your moon I know I know right I was like or your hand kind of came out of nowhere yeah the hands That's what I, I kind of copied a YouTube hands, video yeah. oh, um but the sun and the moon were really just like slightly manic a five-day build of like I don't know I'll just figure it out um it was a lot but I think that I don't know it's like that homosexual audacity sound on TikTok yeah it's like you know that's what I was thinking of too I just (laughs) I can I can just do it it turns out turns out I can just do it Um, that's what was going on exactly um (laughs) so is there is there anything about your work that you like want to kind of hash out or talk to us about because it's because one of the things I always kind of envisioned with this is like maybe a studio visit kind of vibe where you maybe show us a couple of things and we can give you some feedback or 
is there anything that like you want to bring to the art loss space yeah. and share with us? Yeah, um, I have like actually been thinking about this since I talked to you about coming on that. Like I'm like, wow, I'm in a room with these like two amazing artists, oh. so, you know, two two amazing mm. creators that I that I really have a lot of time. For. Okay, um, that's so sweet. So, but we are also huge losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same though. <laughs> well, yeah. right, it works. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you, I was standing. Um, um, I did. I was. I've, I've been working. I work like weird hours because I work in different time zones. I live in a time zone, and then I work in a time zone that's like the opposite part of the country. So mm. I already work weird yeah. hours. But today I knew this was happening. I had a, I had my calendar, but I still kept saying to myself all day long, "Okay, I have seven o'clock, seven o'clock, seven o'clock." And then I was standing in the kitchen when Sophie reminded me that it was seven o'clock, and I said, "Sophie knows me so well. <laughs> she knows what a loser I am that I would." No, no. So like, this is who we are. It was we more just like other. I would have needed to be reminded. Um... It was my funny. I said to I said to my husband, "I was like, oh, look at how Sophie knows me so well." <laughs> So no. we are we I are just humans. Alarms. We are humans is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're humans who remember exactly. them. Well, I think my big thing would be there's a couple of big questions. Like yes. because I've come from outside the art world and I don't uh-huh. intend on getting any formal mm-hmm. like degrees or anything like that. I do I have been going to a life drawing class just mm-hmm. to increase my skill set with painting and drawing. Um, just because I know that that's gonna give me the skills to do what I yeah. actually want to do. That's always the challenge where it's like when you're first learning how to do stuff that like what you're putting out is not necessarily what you want it to be for a while um yeah. and and I, I think, think that's fine because of that what's that um keep keep going but I I think that that's oh. like kind of what I did you know like I think it's fine not everything has to come from yeah. like tertiary ed- institutional education yeah I think what what my challenge is is then because I'm not and I'm because I'm older I'm 38 and starting this you know um, just now that I I'm not I don't the connections I'm making yeah. are um are difficult and I don't I'm also just not, I don't know if I'm that person, the art world person. I love watching yeah. the art world from the outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think my challenge is like what I like to get uh, to to make it a viable self-funding thing instead of me pouring my own cash yeah. into it. Mm. Yeah. I need to sell a little bit. One of the um, things I find and- so interesting about the art world First, I think that what you just said, I want to say it again. I think it's so important for people to hear that it's hard when you're not yet where you want to be, because I think that is so true. Like when you're doing something, I um, hate my least favorite technique is encaustic. And it's because not because um, anything, there's nothing to do with encaustic. It's that most techniques come easy to me and I don't really like trying. <laughs> so, <Brag>. like, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm kidding, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But like, I think like that's how. But a lot of artists would say that, right? They came into art. I think yeah. a lot of people go into art because it feels easy to them. Totally. Well, that's why I got into what I do, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, but, this is, doesn't feel like dangerous chemistry. I'm right. splishy splashing around. That's it's right. fine. That's right. And I think it's because we have a desire and aptitude, and so we become. We think it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I see lots of artists who go into something and they're like, that's easy. That's why I like it. It's not even that it's easy. It's actually that they liked it enough that they took it the time and they did it. And, and then so, it became easy. That's right. And so yeah. for encaustic, it wasn't immediately easy. And I was like, dude, I don't like to do things I have to try <laughs> with. I'm out. Um, and it smells bad. I'm out. But what I think that is you're saying is that if, though, I had a desire for encaustic, and maybe who knows, like I do, but I just it didn't realize it, that... Uh, it is okay to not be where you want to be at the end point. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't hear enough. Mm. And you you can't be bad at something before school. you're good at it. Yeah, it's cr- it's cringe mountain, man. School, they often tell people, like, they basically berate people. So that's an empowering thing to hear anyway. That's true. Um, but where do you want to be? I, like, ideally, I think, like, I, I've done a few exhibitions here and there, and I'm starting to get relationships but I think my challenge is maybe not being able to talk to what I'm doing very well because uh-huh. I don't necessarily have the formal education and language yeah. around it that's like, a yeah. challenge my for people in grad school I don't know and that in that, the industry that the yeah I think it's like most artists can't write about their work 
I think one of the things that's so exhausting about the art world is that it's so driven by text. And Mm. so a lot of people who succeed are really actually just very good at text or BSing, you know, oral or written text where they can BS what they think. (laughs) That is a strong suit of mine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what tips do you have for Cindy? What tips do you have for Cindy? I would say... um, Especially with, like when you're applying to things. And I think like one of the pieces of advice that I would have for you is like try and find grants or public funding or things that, because, you know, like Australia and New Zealand, because it's relatively small, there's a lot of community-based, inward-focused funding. And I think there might be, especially now that everything's kind of like opening up again properly, um, there's going to be some kind of like artist relief kind of funds out there, I reckon. Um, and one of the things I've always learned is kind of take the prompt that you've been given and respond specifically to the prompt with your work and kind of make sure that, um, God, this is like not generalized information. This is highly specific information. Sorry. (laughs) But like in terms of just like grant writing and applying to things like that, I would say, make sure you can always like give a really clear breakdown of where the money would go. Remember, you can always change your idea. Like you're never locked in to whatever you've written. You can act like when you're an artist, they expect you to change. That was one thing that I always really struggled with. I was kind of needing to feel as though I had a finalized project as well. You don't. Okay. You, you don't. You I can, agree. See, the, pro, the real pro in the room is that. Like, I don't know about that. I agree, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I was just like, I have, I have to tell you, I was like, just as I was listening to this topic, also thinking, wow, it turns out I know so little about New Zealand. But um, <laughs> so I knew something was going quick. on in there. I was trying uh, to figure out um, what your, what the uh, the structures were in terms of government, because one of the things I would say to you is, and I'm going to now say it in the American examples, and then I will look at this Wikipedia article I just pulled up to try to understand if it's the same for you. But here in the States, for example, I know a lot of artists, most artists, I would say, who come from a non-traditional way actually start with grants from city councils. Yes. Yeah. County councils, state councils. So Mm -hmm. maybe they would be your regional councils and your territorial authorities. Yeah. Is that that the right term? No, no, that's totally it. That's exactly what I was saying before. And I actually, I just found a little breakdown of a video that I was going to (laughs) post when I first started my TikTok. But the six like main things that you got to focus on are what your goals are for funding the methods that you'll use to go about using the funding, the outcomes that you anticipate, that's a really big one. And I think that one of the hardest things is like communicating the impact that you think your work will have, because especially when you're rife with things like imposter syndrome and you feel like you're applying for like something that your work isn't like at the level of yet, that I think that is one of the hardest parts is kind of like bullshitting yourself (laughs) into believing that like you can do anything because like you you can and you think you can but then there are times when you're applying for these things and you're like I don't know if my artwork is really in these spaces and I think especially when you're coming from like the non-academic background man that shit hits real hard um the people who are applying are full of bs so that makes it easier I am I'm filled to the brim with shit and I feel like (laughs) This podcast has made that very clear. Um, but I think, like, in terms of outcomes... It always I... cracks me up when people tell me, oh, my God, I'm, like, trying to catch up. Your podcast is so rich. I was, like, rich of with what? <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes, like, I think we're full of that sometimes. Um, well, the other thing <laughs> no, I that's think for that... real. <laughs> I think that, but... and I mean, I joke, but actually what we do is we speak this language. You know, and so the other thing, I mean, I'm joking that we don't, we do really care about these things and know it. And I think another thing you can do is self-educate yourself to the language. Because sometimes it is just that you need to speak as they speak. I was literally about to say, like, one of the things that I think would be super effective is even kind of like exemplifying how you're someone who's not of those spaces, who's coming into those spaces. Because people will be like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. 
Like, yeah, that's true. The, the <laughs> art true. world, people in the art okay. world love it when you cater to like their idea of who they are, right? And if you're With like, her. I really admire like what this you know organization does i want to do xyz and i really think that like this is the place mate i can help you you can just flick me an email and we'll figure it out like it is true that there's i was thinking about there's an artist who started a little bit later not i don't know what when he started his name is jason revoke r-e-v-o-k i don't even know if that's his real last name but he lives in la he's a he does like like spiral paintings and spray paintings he's actually very good um i'm not making it describing it very well but he is very good and he lives in he was raised in detroit which mm-hmm. like detroit is detroit's very similar to cleveland these are cities that were kind of um left behind during this when the steel industry left the state yeah. and um they're you know they're fairly impoverished cities and so he's from there but he actually now lives i think largely in la um but he's self-trained and we needed a self-trained artist for a show because we were trying to like find a self-trained artist and we found him and he what i think is really interesting is i was talking to his gallerist and like actually he's not as outsider artist as an outsider artist you know like that people want in the art world but they kind of like it's interesting because like a lot of people talk about him being he has moved i think he has since moved back to detroit but a lot of the art world is so focused on getting a guy from detroit yeah Um... you know it's like I, I don't I know that like maybe it's like not the same connotation and I don't know like where oh my god no I totally the- I totally say to people like I deliberately put they them pronouns in my art bio because I know that's going to hit harder mm-hmm. in the current contemporary <laughs> climate like uh-huh. figure out what kind of uh-huh. like you know category the art world wants to put yeah. you in and just fucking exploit it yeah like just just okay. do it because I mean, it's, never... it's not that it's not as long as you don't like exploit yourself right like, yeah so as long as within, you, feel within like you know where the boundary is you know like, yeah you know you put they them pronouns partly because you are they them but it's yeah. not like yeah like yeah. so i mean i think that you don't want to you don't want to feel that you're like um like i think that i talk to artists who feel like they've sold out mm. and you don't want to be that bad, but there's so yeah. much of you that you can say like i'm you're starting later you're you know, you're from New Zealand, frankly. Like that's something in in a global right. market. That's interesting. Like you know, yeah. there's lots of things. You're, uh, you said that you were raised lower middle class. That's actually a big thing that the art world is trying to, you know, look for people like that. So know those things, um, and capitalize on them. Mm. Okay, there's going to be some part of your right. <laughs> no, no, because like it's something that people don't really tell you, right? <laughs> Yeah. And like yeah. I, and this is something that I, I suppose like I learned through the grad school application process, right? Because essentially like I did an undergraduate degree where I realized I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to do what I was studying. I was studying film. I did darkroom work and I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I would prefer. So then I did one day of formalized training and then I spent a really like quite a few years just essentially self-training. And then it was through the self-training that, like, you know, the gay, the gay came, came to the surface. Um, uh-huh. Super relatable, yes. Yeah. Kind of, kind of bubbled up to the surface. And then I realized that was something that people were responding to in my work. And that's what I kind of hinged, like, part of my grad school application on, which was that I kind of knew that I was, like, I, I was an outlier. I was Australian. So that's, like, you know, same kind of thing, right? I knew that I was coming into an industry that wouldn't have had much exposure to what I did. Uh, I kind of talked about how everything that I had learned kind of led me to this point where I was able to, this was such like wanking language too. I came into the application process and I was like, I can, I kind of work with photography and I can see beyond what people are presenting, which is kind of true, but like, mm-hmm bold claim for like a 25 year old (laughs) shit (laughs) like come on mate um so like you know and i think that's that's one of the other things is like you kind of have to be kind of comfortable with like talking about yourself and like in a yeah in an ego driven kind of boosting kind of way um and like you have to be firm about what you believe to be your background and your story because that's what people are going to base like how they read your art. Like yeah. That's their context, their that's context for true. it. It becomes so, foundational. It does. It does. Because, you yeah, know, when you, you go to a gallery and you see, like, you know, the little didactic panel, they'll often say, here's how it was made. And there might be a little bit of 
be like a little artist bio that kind of says where they're from, what kind of like themes and things they're interested in exploring. And I suppose that's something else as well, right? Like now that you've kind of done a few shows and you've, and like, look at what you've been curated into and see what it is that people are kind of going like, it's like setting off their little antenna, right? And feel like the themes that are in your work. And then think about like what you care about. Um, And I know there's a lot of things because I feel like we are quite similar. (laughs) (laughs) You said you had some work there. You had some work there. Would you describe one of them? Will you show us something and describe it? Yeah, do you want to show us something else? Yeah. So I talked a little earlier about uh, the scale that I did and that I've returned to it. Mm -hmm. So lately, and this is something I've just been in a finalist in Art Awards for this, this body of work. Not these pieces, but um, they are. So this is a reclaimed, not reclaimed, what is it? Ethically culled um, wallaby skull. So in New Zealand, and um, we have yeah, possums and wallabies are pests here. They are in competition with their local flora and fauna. So they're not sorry, nah, from Australia. No, that's from Australia. I didn't know you had them. So sorry mate <laughs> yeah um i didn't know that we had wallabies actually um and i was talking to a friend last night about them actually and apparently they are genetically dissimilar enough from australia's wildlife that they don't want them back oh um, no so how long have they been there a couple of hundred years yeah i was oh. about to say yeah yeah and possums in particular are particularly destructive. where are they from possums are uh, fucked okay Aussie. Yeah, our possums are... are from Aussie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Our possums can be really aggressive too. My mum tried to save one yeah. from the middle of the road once and it was just hissing at her. It was like, I'd rather die. Um, oh, we have possums. Do you have do you have the same possums that we have? Nah, they're cuter. You have opossums. Yeah, you yeah, have, we, yeah. Opossums are way cuter. Oh, oh, I don't know. I kind of like a ring, ringtail possum? Come on. Uh, ours That's are creepy. Like, so ours cute. are real creepy. Like, woof. No, they're, they're kind of cute. They're kind of cute. Yeah. Oof. But Australian ones are cuter. <laughs> um, Sorry, I have the final word on that. <laughs> your wallaby. Okay, wait. I have. To, we have this as the as okay. the ugly American. Your wallabies are just reproducing like crazy over there. Uh, Australian it, ones? It, no, in New Zealand. I'm I looking mean, at an article. Yeah. The Ministry for Primary yeah. Industry. The Ministry for Primary yes. Industries is concerned. They're pests. Yes, they're it's a real pests. issue. And they're, they're co- very concerned. They want us to report Kiwi. these damn <gasps> wallabies. Report them, yeah. I'm told. They're, they're <laughs> threatening <laughs> the Kiwi? <laughs> report yeah, yeah, the damn really? wallabies. Because Kiwis are flightless and they lay their eggs on the ground. And so like stoats and rats and wallabies and all that will eat the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is this is why laugh, Australians and New Zealanders have beef as well. I was about to say, like Australians, like we love having beef. We love having sh- like shit. To be old. I know. It's like fuck you and your wallabies. <laughs> Christchurch is overrun with wallabies, according to your history. Yeah, wait. I think this one is from the South Island. Oh, there you South go. Island has a real oh, big oh. issue with them. They're yeah, also smaller than I expected. Yeah, yeah, they're quite so. Yeah, they are quite small. They look bigger in the pictures. I'm always worried about them. That that's yeah. like probably yeah, my biggest like one small. because of the volume of the hair. I read um, a mystery mm. novel that oh my um, gosh. took place on the Sorry. South Island. I know. I, just everything I know about is I, I don't get to leave my house. I just I love books. how like you everything is like normally an art reference, but today it's like all, it's all romance books. novels. It's, it's all, all it's romance. This is a mystery. This was another mystery. I've got something to sing, you, <laughs> Um But it took place in this city, but I've never heard anybody say it out loud because this is the city that in the South Island that is being overrun with wallabies. R isn't this in the South Island? R O T O R U A. Orotorua. Yeah. No, that's actually in the North Island. Oh, it's in the North Island. Okay. It's being yeah. overrun. Well, sorry. I mean, Australia yeah, is like partially great. overrun with kangaroos. You know. Okay, Wait, then this is partially the city... overrun with Kiwis living there. <laughs> Getting a better cost of living. But <laughs> Fuck off. No way, mate. I grew up in Queensland. That's like basically a second New Zealand. It was great. Me this and like the all, the, all the Maori and some, like Samoan dudes. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, in so then this one um, is also has a problem. T W I Z E L. Is that no? oh, twi- I think it's just Twizel. That's okay. a but non- luckily Dunedin is fine. Name. Where there's a where there's a rugby team in my book. Oh, thank <laughs> God for that. 
So good old dance. We went a we went awry, but I think so. I'm sorry, we went awry by Wallabies. Wallabies got me excited. Okay. So tell me, yeah. so I want you to tell me. It's the American experience. It is. I'm like some kind of ugly American in this conversation. I'm just so <laughs> excited for you and your experiences. Um, but let's now go back to art. And um, <laughs> let's say like, I'm, I don't know you. We haven't had this whole out, the 35 minutes conversation. You were trying to tell me what this is about in your regular words. Yeah. Mm. In my regular words. So. I guess when I started making these skulls, I, I decided to re- return to skulls because I kind of like the, oh, I'm going to use that art word, the juxtaposition. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm all about between it. Between the skulls. And like, it's they're kind of creepy, but they're also like bubblegum pop. Fuck you. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, and that's a little bit where I come from. It. I'm You're like, like a yarn-based Julia DeVille. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, like I'm, I'm punk, but in a bright pink way. Mm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's where we, and, and I started, uh, as I was making them, I was like kind of exploring, uh, I decided I wasn't going to date cis men anymore. And I met my partner who's non-binary. Um, and then all of a sudden I made these like queer little, I mean, this one's called Mercury, um, based like on, Freddy? The, I think we all, um, yes, also Freddie, but also Mercury Star. I knew so, it. Was I, knew it. I was like, look at the hair. Nice, nice, <laughs> I know, nice, and it nice. wasn't. It's not based on. Oh my god, you should make a video and but... tag her in it. Oh, oh yeah, I, know, but I don't know if it's a deeply flattering thing to be compared to a wallaby skull. So that's why I haven't. I, I think that's your oh, opener, though. It's like it? I don't think this is flattering, but Mercury, <laughs> so, this but... hair reminds me of you. Okay, so like now you've told me what you think about it. Now let's pretend like you put it on a shell. You put it on a. Um, pedestal with a case of other because somebody would definitely mm. touch that yard. Um, and... I'm okay with that actually. What tactile? That's that tactile. Oh, you want that's them what to. I like about them. Interesting. Don't put a cap on it. Just put it on a pad. And um, you yeah. walk away. And what do you want? What do you think about what I think about it? The viewer in the gallery. Yeah. I, what other people think of them is always. I'm still discovering new surprises right. with. Right. Um, it's a little bit what I like about being on TikTok, that like uh-huh. those yeah, troll right. comments always are very, re- I love troll comments. Like I love people when they troll me. They're always incredibly like, I feel very seen by them. <laughs> I don't get the same kind of troll comments you guys get. I've got like a 10% of the followers. Like Not even that. I've got a tiny, tiny followers on there, but um but that's, I, I always get a little bit surprised that people are like, oh, I don't, I, I can see you like that, but I'm not sure if I'd want that in my house. So I'm like, I don't think about these things. I'm making them, <laughs> to be honest. I just make them because I like them and I'm not mm. putting them in my house. But um, I figure enough, I figure there's enough weirdos in the world who who like, who like are like me, who like them as well. Um, and actually, I, I, so I'm very excited that I've had like my, my first big, so I actually sold three of them on an exhibition that nice. they've just been on. That's awesome. Um, so I know. But, so wait, doing great. Um, so you're saying start. <laughs> you should be. You're not. You're not um, prescribing what people think about it. You're open to whatever they're thinking. Nah. About. Yeah. Nah. And like for me, it was like exploring gender and exploring exploring who like connecting the dots between like lots of the work that I've been doing. Mm. Um. But um. Well, I mean, like do you, the most recent podcasts like you've said you, you i don't have control over what the audience thinks of it like and i'm I, to be honest good <laughs> i know right that's huge that's huge because i think like what you're saying is like if i was so what i would say to you like about the art speak is a lot of this would be like finding like an art partner and taking what then, you just said and then revamping it to make it sound art speak. Oh my god, mate, throw saying... through chat GPT and see what yeah. happens. Because what you're saying oh, is that you are creating that. sort of like a like you're creating big brain a, shit. Um okay. like you're almost creating something that becomes a locus of ideas. And it's you're trying to create something that encourages thought, but you aren't prescribing that thought, right? You are putting in your your experiences and your considerations about gender and your considerations about your trajectory as an artist, but you are not prescribing what other people think. Mm. Right? It's exactly what you just said, but I said it with artwork. Yeah. 
Yeah, great. Can I keep that for the art statement? You sure can. You sure yeah, can. Uh, mate, I'll send you the recording. Always, it's just like locusts. There are some big words in there. Trajectory. Yeah, I didn't know words yeah, 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 yeah. If I didn't, if I was um, more uh, more caffeinated, we ran, we ran it. I don't like tea without milk. And I was making a tea. And my oh. husband was like, we don't have any milk. We're also, so we also know caffeinated. I record like early in the morning where it's like yeah. kind of, I feel like yeah. we're perky. We are uh, perky. At 8 uh, o'clock on Saturdays, we are Man, I woke up from a nap <laughs> to do this today. <laughs> oh, a nap sounds great. No, oh, but what I would say so to you good. is, yes, ChatGPT is a great way to go. Um, but I would also say, you know, like, like it'll be very generic. But yeah, yeah reach, but out, reach to out to one of us. People. Yeah, like reach out to people and say the words to them. Because mm. what you, what you, like, I think the two things that happen in graduate school is that it one um, forces you to make a lot of stuff. But the other thing is that makes you talk to other people about stuff and hear people talk about stuff. So mm-hmm. the language gets into your head. Yeah. It also uh, makes you okay with sounding a little bit like a cunt. Um, but, you know. <laughs> and I'm getting used to being like okay with feeling a bit pretentious. See, like, then you'll do great. You'll do great. You'll be built for it. I have a New Zealand question. Um, none of the New Zealand people I know swear as much as Sophie, who is my like token Australian. <laughs> Do you swear as much as Sophie? No, we swear a lot here. Oh, you do. I, yeah. It's so funny. Like, yeah. I feel like I swear. I feel like I swear a lot. No, I know, I know. It's so funny. Like, I'll, I'll watch Chrissy Flanagan's content, The Sausage Queen. Mm. And, like, I'll, I love her. Oh, she's so funny. But, like. It's so funny. I Because I don't hear her swearing until I'm reading in the captions where she's replaced what fucking with goshing. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. It's, it's every, like, five words. And I'm like, that's exactly what I sound like. I love it. I love it. I wish I'm so glad you do. <laughs> I love it. I did swear in a meeting the other day, and I was like, I'm so proud of you. It was amazing. Mm. <laughs> was I love amazing. the shock. I, I love the shock powerful. value of it. It's and so, it's very it's shocking so when I do because I don't. Mm. And it was like, I bet because you're quite small too. I love I that so- you're getting the full art last experience. For sure. Yeah. Our special last minute guest. Which segue into how we usually end the show, which is recommendations, media <laughs> recommendations. So, Sophie, do you have one now that Joe's offered his? Um, can I go last? Because <laughs> I'm unprepared. Um, do you, you certainly can go <laughs> like last. I, like I am um, every fucking week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, this, this is what it's really like. You know, it's the whole my experience. My media recommendation, Cindy, is true. I would recommend... The writer Ben Street, he was trained at Courtauld, he's an art historian, uh-huh. uh, and he has written a couple books, but what I like about him is that he writes very smartly, but it is not, um, it's like, I don't know how to say it, it's like, not so theoretical, it's terrible, and it's not so lowbrow that it's not accepted by the art world. Okay. Perfect midpoint. So I think that I think that reading like reading things like work by Ben uh, Ben Street will give you um, kind of just have those words in your mind. Okay. You know, sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, and like including stuff I've written, I'm like, this is just BS. This is just not about anything. It means <laughs> yeah, nothing. yeah. Uh, We're selling. Right yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just academic, like circle jerk salad. That's all it is. Yes. Um, so it's like it's the um, worst phrase ever. I'm so sorry, everyone. Worse. But isn't it the 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 idea of all the academics I know? I would never want to walk in on them in that situation in real life. <laughs> oh, academic bukake! Shut the fuck up. That's disgusting. It is so disgusting. Oh my god. I love how Joe's like I'm. Out of here. Out of here. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> oh. <sighs> That's so no. funny. And it just went. <laughs> oh. It's very yeah, visceral with that description. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, I was told. I was told in my undergraduate degree by someone, he was like, you're very verbally vivid. And I've never forgotten <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? I have never. <laughs> <laughs> the immediate laughter says it all. I have never, I've never forgotten it. I've always just been like, oh, fuck, he was really spot on, eh? <laughs> like, 
Okay, um, that's why it's occasional brutal. observations by people Hang that you don't make no I, know. Oh, I love them. They're, they're the best ones. It's the casual read. It's then, the casual read. Yeah. That's yeah. what she was talking about with the scrolls. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, um, yeah, that's this, where I was going with it. I will say I've started reading The Artist's Way, which is that thing my sister recommended a few episodes back. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm about it. I'm about it. It's just like a really nice way to kind of come into this contact with the structures of your creative practice. Um, and I think that's like a super valuable thing that we don't really talk about a lot. Um, so yeah, I would totally recommend that. It's just like a way to, it's like kind of little workbook program thing to get you kind of in contact with uh, like what your creative spirit is trying to say, I guess. Um, it's the most succinct way that I can kind of put it. And it's it's like, if you take all like the God speak out of it, it's less like, it's like less woo woo. <laughs> um, but there are, there are like updated versions by other people who like do workshops, which is how my sister found it. But the original text is still pretty great. Um, so I, I would recommend that. Yeah, I think it's For very sure. useful. Yeah. Awesome. Because she's like, she's this woman who's like looked at, like the structures of all the like greats in art and how they structure their practice and it's kind of like reverse engineered how you can do it for yourself so it's pretty great um there's also uh sorry i don't mean you're so rude i'm done i'm done i'm done no we can message you later um oh actually go ahead yeah i do actually um because i think i've just come off the back of listening to the critical thinking 101 episode or I think I'm. Ugh. I've just finished that one. Um, Such a fan. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> you I, are I, a fan. We loved doing that episode. I, oh, do, yeah. I genuinely like love every episode. It's just I, I feel like I'm hanging oh, out with my mates. <laughs> that was the one when yes, the other when my other small being was around. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was... yeah. Um, but like on the spirit of that, there's a couple of really great small podcasts being. that I listen to. Um, alongside yours. <sighs> There's the uh, the maker of um, there's one called the maintenance phase, which um, it's about. Oh, yeah. um, oh we love maintenance Oh, it's like yeah. one of the best podcasts. Um, and that's uh, just I think a really good uh, on the critical thinking side of things. Just really yeah. like a really easy, accessible way of like, okay, well, mm. how do we look at this in a different way? And then um, oh, they're that's, so funny too. That they are, yeah, yeah, Aubrey. Got my heart. Oh, I love um, her so much. And then I used to listen to You Wrong About, which I haven't been um, as engaged <laughs> with lately, but that, that the back episodes of You Wrong About, but Michael's got a new podcast called If Books Could Kill in, in the same spirit. It's, oh. All of these are just like approaching pop culture moments. Oh, I love pop if culture. If Books Could Kill sounds yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, little ears have gone, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's about oh. um, like the... Like the the airport reads and men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and just kind of going through them and deconstructing. But well, we did the start are. this episode with my terrible reads, so there we go. It's a perfect full circle. <laughs> oh, so thank that's you so, true. so much for being here, Pippi. <laughs> yeah, um, mate. We are so we are so. Indeed. And thanks for like being the first. We would love to invite like, people kind of to go scary. to your TikTok. Do you want to tell everyone your TikTok handle? <laughs> okay, well I have two. I've got Sydney Walter Art, which is my art one, but only because no one was viewing my art on my shit posting one. <laughs> and the other one is at Papa Sid shit posting. <laughs> I can't do it without laughing. I'm really sorry. No, because like normally I'm the one laughing at the end, being like, haha, my username is so ridiculous. But now we all get to point the finger at you today and yeah. laugh and go, what a ridiculous username. <laughs> it's very silly. Um, and on um, <laughs> Instagram, I'm MenaCindyNZ and Walter Art in bed. So. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. So oh everyone gosh. go check out Cindy and Cindy's art. I'm Eva, and you can find me at Artlust. A R T L U S T. And I have been Sophie. And hopefully we'll be tomorrow. Um <laughs> Darkroom Vomit. Darkroom V A I M I N T. And That's you know, it. one of the things we love is that Cindy is one of our generous sponsors on Patreon. And yes. we would From love anybody to sponsor us on Patreon. You could experience what is sitting with us for two hours laughing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> a quote-unquote studio visit. A quote-unquote studio visit where we do talk to you about 
your art and um, maybe help you move on your path through art. Mm. I do hope this was helpful. So we helpful. Do. It was so lovely. Okay, oh, good. Okay, I'm, like, I'm going to go away and cook on. I'm gonna, and we've got a long weekend here in New Zealand, so I'm going to go away and cook oh, on mate, everything perfect. I just said. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, one other reference and recommendation I would have is the like global network Res Artists or Res Arts, which is like a residency database. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and you can filter by like <laughs> if you get paid, if you have to pay, if it's you know where it is in the world, what medium all that kind of stuff so like grants and residencies just because you haven't been to grad school doesn't mean you can't do any of those things and the art world loves a success story of like they didn't have the same opportunities in education like that's a good thing that's right people love that shit people do love it they love a underdog and um so uh thank you very much to everyone for listening remember patreon is a great we always we always support our Patreon people. We reply to them. We make calls. We do all yeah, we've of- actually started releasing Patreon content, guys. Can you fucking believe? It's great too. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> we also have problem problematic people in the room. No, so we also <laughs> would invite you to feel free to to be silent while I do the last clip. Um, we also really encourage you to feel free to reach out to us at our email, artlosspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at artloss underscore mm-hmm. podcast at TikTok. And you can um, subscribe, like, and review on Apple because Apple Podcasts. Because, hey, we just have a monopoly. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Did you see how that was also my cue? Stop interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now you can tell it. Now you can tell it. Come here. Now you can tell it. I was just like, oh no. I'm also going to get reprimanded soon if I don't stop. <laughs>